Hi, I'm Sean Healy, and you're listening to Tools. Hi everyone, Sean Healy, personal development educator and NLP trainer here, and welcome to episode 128 of Sean Healy Tools, a podcast intended to offer tips, tools, strategies, and insights for helping us have the best quality life and relationships that we can. So welcome to today's episode, episode 128, Knowing When It's Enough. Um, I was interested in doing an episode that looked uh, again at... um, Sometimes these unconscious, life-scripted messages that we get very young and then add massive amounts of pressure to us, either personally or professionally, later in life. Um, and one of the messages we can sometimes receive in our in our family system or from society is about being perfect. Um, and uh, perfectionism um, is quite for many, quite toxic and crippling. There are some in our in our culture who are able to use that level of pressure to their advantage, but for most of us, um, really, it's about knowing actually what's a, a, probably a more functional uh, way to go is what is enough. Um, you know, uh, I've got to be the best or do I just have to be good enough? Um, and if there's some scripting from our and messaging from our family system that we grew up in, that it has to be perfect, it has to be flawless, it has to be mistake-free. This can put astounding pressure on us and really detract from our our quality of life, our joy of life, and leave us chasing an unrealistic and constantly disappointing um, ideal. And the problem with something being perfect is the chances of you hitting that perfection and then being able to sustain it uh, is is actually next to zero. Um, you know, in social media and 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 you know, which I think is a if used well as a wonderful tool. Um, but one of the messages sometimes that again uh, tends to push along this perfectionistic element is we see all these people who uh, what we what we tend to see is disproportionately a very very small percentage of the population who are at the top of their competence hierarchy. Um, and not only at the top, but have managed to stay there over time. Um, and it's understanding from a statistical perspective that that's actually highly improbable um, un- unless you're willing to pay the price tag for that. Um, to to be at the top of your competence hierarchy, um, there's a very small percentage uh, chance that that's going to happen. Um, but even if you manage to get there, um, the chances of you staying at the top for anything longer than 12 months um, is smaller again. It's only a very, very s- small fraction of people who get to the top and consistently stay there. But what it takes from them to do that is quite exceptional. Um, and for most of us, Um, because this involves an overlap, this isn't all about conscious will and conscious motivation. There are elements here that, um, are not nurture, but, but nature, you know, people are born with a certain level of extroversion. People are born, 
um, you know, their I IQ. Yes, we can do things potentially to improve our IQ to agree, but most of that is part of being aspects of, of genetic lottery, um, even physical beauty. Well, well what, what does my appearance actually have to do with me? That's, that's, a, that's a product of my genetics. Um, the way my brain's put together, um, even my conversational style, which tends to be quite open-looped, open um, um, the, these are things that, that have their, their foundation in unconscious and pre-conscious setup. So yes, we can do more and leverage, but the foundation is not all in our conscious control. So there's elements here for certain people that, um, uh, you know, there's genetic lottery there. Um, and yes, we still have to do our work and be consistent and all those kinds of things. But I think it's, it's important that we understand when we're going for the goals we want to set, um, are they actually our goals? Um, so... Knowing when enough is enough um, can really save you some pain because I've dealt with certain people in businesses that have grown their business past um, the optimal point that gave them both professional satisfaction but didn't they didn't have to pay too big a lifestyle or relationship price in order to, to have the business there. But when, when things tip too far out of balance, and there's no such thing as absolute balance, but we're talking about the kind of balanced range that's when it's important to know when is enough enough rather than driving past that. And I, and I always remember I was watching a documentary once um, about one of the most um, successful people, and I can't remember the gentleman's name, um, but it was a documentary that was being filmed uh, around the just, – just prior to and as the global financial crisis of kind of the 08, 09 era sort of 2008, 2009 era sort of hit – um, the global financial crisis. And prior to that experience, this gentleman um, had acquired something like 27 major hotels. And there was a scene at one point after the global financial crisis hit and he was dealing with the fallout. Um, there was a moment where you saw him sitting quite introspectively in a chair and his comment was, I should have stopped at 15. Um there was something as he looked back, his intuition told him what would have been, because even with the global financial crisis, 15 hotels, I don't know what his financial background was, but, but something in his perception said that he would still have been able to maintain that and that that was enough. Um, but, but when we let perfectionism, when we let the expectations and the shoulds of others drive us, we can go well past. We can succeed past happiness, paradoxically. We can succeed past balance, and then we have to pay some big prices for that. Um, at some point, the price tag gets too high, and the return on investment in, in the sense of personal fulfillment and joy, uh, we go past that tipping point. So it's important to have some idea of what we think enough might be, um, and whether we've got to explore that by building up to a certain level, let's say, I don't know, I'll offer a, a kind of an example on this, but let's say, for example, I'm earning $60,000 a year, I'm looking up the balance between my lifestyle, my relationships, my career success, and how fulfilled or not I'm feeling, and how content I am across my life in general. 
Um, and then I might decide, well, I'm going to push up and, and aim to, to make set next year, I'm going to make 70,000 a year or 75,000. And I think there's been studies that talk about the kind of optimal levels about $75,000 a year that gives you enough financial security and stability and a sense of professional competence. But at the same time, um, you're not chewing too deeply into your relationship dynamics or your self-care or your 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 leisure time that it starts to detract you know because um so it, it's understanding the sweet spot and finding out and, and everyone's going to be slightly different on that so um hey if if you know hundreds of millions of dollars is still okay and you're happy to pay the price tag so there's no problem with necessarily going all out if you're okay to pay the pay the price tag and there are certain individuals who are like that who are really only interested in getting to the top of the hierarchy in 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 one particular area of their life and they can live with that that's absolutely fine um, but it's understanding that that is a small percentage of the population most of us do not operate like that we need a we need a, a reasonable amount of success and an enoughness across a number of areas so um, this is where we start to you know, again, get an intuitive sense and then test that with reality. Um, I, I feel like what I want to achieve in my 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 role is I want to get to a, you know, I want to get to a, um, a 2IC or a, a higher level management. Uh, and then when I get to there, I'll, ch I'll, I'll check it out. How am I, how am I kind of going? Um, and then do I want to explore the next level up professionally um, and the consequences of that? So uh, this is where... Um, we're not going bull at a gate necessarily, unless that's your style. Because, um, like I said, it, we're, we're all a bit different. Uh, but for many of us, it's it's you know as we build up, we stabilise our life around a certain set of achievements and check that we've got reasonable enough contentment, joy, pleasure, and fulfilment. All those boxes are ticked off. Then we might decide to go. Okay, let's see if we can, you know, level this up a little more. Um, but leveling up for leveling up's sake is going to, at some point, uh, um, bring you diminishing returns. Because, um, like I said, what it takes to get to the top of a competence hierarchy, um, you know, to be the top of your field, that you, you know, that that's a lot of investment. Um, and as I say, when you get there, you might you might find it's not all it was cut out to be. Or now I've got the massive pressure of going you know, where do I, where do I go to from here? You know, um, the only way is down, so to speak. So it's really understanding the consequences of the choices we're making and the price tags that we have to pay for making those choices. Or we go, um, you know, I want to build a multi-million dollar business and that's going to mean I have to find a partner, a romantic partner who's okay being second priority or otherwise maybe I, I don't have a relationship at all or I'm going to lose the relationship I've got because I'm prioritizing too much. Um, you know, the, and, and these might be elements that we need to negotiate, especially if we're sharing our life with someone. It's not the consequences of our life choices and the price tags are not paid solely by us. Um, and I remember back when when I first started out in self-development through the fitness industry, um, you know, I liked the status of um, uh, there, there were certain um status ideas I had, that things that I wanted to reach. Um, and, and one of those was I wanted to work in, in the city that I lived in at the time. I wanted to work in the most prestigious gyms in that particular city, in the wealthiest suburbs in that particular city. Um, 
and I was working at a fitness center. I had a really good uh, business going there as a personal trainer. It was in a inner city, funky area. It was, you know, with people of good income, good success. Um, it was a lovely environment. The staff was great. The people were great. It was enough status that that it it it, it met my status criteria. Um, and yet, I when I got the opportunity to go to one of the wealthiest suburbs and and train kind of. Um, what I perceived to be a whole different level of glamour and status. When I got to that particular fitness centre, I found I didn't fit. Um, I found the clientele to be hyper demanding, um, that the the staff were very elitist, um, and actually the environment didn't suit me at all. I'd actually exceeded my enough point. Um, and that actually put me, that actually set my business back because it really threw me that this thing that I wanted for so long actually was really didn't suit me at all, um, and that I unfortunately had been going along very very well, and now I pushed, I, I pushed too far past um, what what was actually a, was enough. It was enough success, um, and not to be uh, content with that life lesson, I decided to repeat that a second time because again. Um, I uh, got a job working for um, a particular university in my hometown that was very, had a very prestigious at their at, at their uh, fitness centre. They had a very prestigious sports program with some elite people from around the country, and I was the only person at that stage who had not finished a university degree to be employed um, by by the the centre. So I was so excited about. Um, being in such an elite level program, the status that that would bring me, the kinds of people I get to be around, the kinds of people I get to learn from. And once again, I found it to be one of the most professionally disappointing experiences I ever had. Um, because it was elite level program, because it was university based, I found that the staff didn't have to have the same level of commercial commitment and acumen to um, that you would find in a general fitness gym because uh, w you know we're the elite. Where you're going to go? Um, so I found and and I found that there was a degree of elitism in there. And because I hadn't finished my university degree, I was written off as not having much to to offer. Um, and, and the opportunities to, to study and work with and participate in elite level programs, um, I actually got next to nothing um, and was considered um, and, and shunned by the rest of the staff because uh, um, in their mind, I, I didn't belong, um, uh, at least until I finished my exercise science degree. <laughs> that was their criteria, which, I mean, hey, they have every right to think that way. Um, that That's you know, I'm not I'm not knocking that. I understand why that would be in an elite level program. I really I really get that. Um, all I'm saying is that you know my fantasy around what it was going to be like getting to to um, those elite level uh, programs um, didn't suit me, and I'm not, certainly not saying that there you know that might be a different situation. That was a long time ago now, um, but that just happened to be my experience at that particular time. So we have to be very careful when we get promoted or we succeed past our level of enoughness because what we're going to find is suddenly um, the joy that we thought we'd get, um, we, we actually start experiencing the opposite. So that's why it becomes so important that when we're thinking about anything, we're, we're really going, 
am I am I being driven off my own ideas and ideals here and my idea of what works for me, or am I driving off the shoulds? Uh, you should take every opportunity. You should be perfect. You shouldn't make mistakes. You know, are the shoulds of life driving me, which is the programming of others, or is this genuinely what I want? Um, and then, like I said, at each kind of um, touch point of success, so to speak, you're checking in to go, is this enough or is this enough for now? You know, because sometimes it can be enough for now. We consolidate and then we might decide if we want to go go further. Um, but if we're aiming for enoughness, this allows us to be in the present, you know, be competent, but yet take joy and pleasure out of um out of where we are, um, and and life is so precious. So to be able to enjoy the moments we have, rather than being you know driven um, to to always get better, and perfectionism can tend to keep us focused um, on the past rather than being in the present, um, or negative comparisons with the past or with others, um, rather than. Um, and and it's difficult. It's difficult to compare ourselves with with others. Um, I know that you know the people that I, whose uh, content I ingest, the podcasts I listen to, the books I read. A lot of these people have got another ten or twenty years of their career on top of mine. So me trying to compare what I'm doing now and my knowledge base compared to ten people to people who've got ten years on me um, is probably unrealistic. Except if I use that to set myself up as an inspiration. I want to kind of be at their level, whatever that means. Again, that's a conceptual thing, not a not a realistic thing necessarily. Um, you know, I'm using that as a source of inspiration rather than um, a, a way to kind of perfectionistically stop myself from going forward. Oh, well, I'm nowhere near as good as them. I, I'm, I don't use language the way they use it. I'm not as effective a communicator as they are. Um, rather than we're, if we're talking about the idea of enoughness, you know, how am I okay? And comparing, you know, where I am today to where I want to be tomorrow. Um, because we're only seeing snapshots of other people's lives and mostly only the things that they want us to see. Um, um, that's not necessarily a, a, a malicious thing. That's just, you know, that's what we see. Um, that's what we share. We don't, we don't necessarily see all the vulnerabilities, the failures, the conflicts and the tragedies that sometimes go behind the, go behind the scene. So we may not be, you know, we don't have all the data about an individual to make an accurate, accurate comparison. And especially if we're comparing ourselves to somebody who's got some fairly distinctly different personality traits to us, rather than going, how do I get the most out of me whilst knowing I'm okay? And, and, and what's going to, what's going to be enough? What's going to be enough professionally? What's going to be enough, uh, personally? Uh, what's, how, you know, how am I making my relationships good enough rather than some, unrealistic fantasy of perfectionism um so there you go um bit of a ramble um but i but i but i hope that this offers you something as 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 far as using your intuition uh and 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 tracking more for what brings me contentment rather than um am i living up to my idea of other people's expectations because I can to a degree control and develop my level of contentment and orchestrate and adjust according to that. 
but I have absolutely no control over the perceptions of others about my, uh, you know, their interpretations of me, their interpretations of my performance. Those things are beyond my control. Um, so again, if, if perfectionism is about being judged by others, that's 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 a that's a difficult and and, and near on impossible task um, by comparison to a sense of contented enoughness. Okay, this is this is nice. This is good. Um, so again, um, that's not to say if you know perfectionism is your driver and it works for you and it's bringing you the things you want in life. Fantastic. Um, but for some of us, uh, maybe better, um, or to at least consider from time to time, well, what would be enough here? What would, what would be satisfactory? Um, so again, that also opens the door for us to be more, um, compassionate with self too, rather than hypercritical. Um, so there you go. There's, there's the episode. Um, I hope it, uh, as with all episodes, gives you some food for thought, um, Again, if you've been following along uh, with the series from the beginning or for some time now, my profoundest thanks um, that you're using up some of your precious time to listen to these episodes. I'm so grateful. If you've just joined the show, welcome. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. <coughs> if you want to continue to support the program, please go to iTunes, download, subscribe, and leave a five-star review as it makes it easier for others to find this sort of material. And I'm very passionate about anything that can help uh, people get more resourced in their life and get more of what they want. Um, and of course, we're available on other podcast mediums, Stitcher, Podbean, um, and uh, and others, as well as um, you can drop into the website, emergencetraining.com.au. And of course, jump across to YouTube, follow us there, Sean Healy Relationship Resourcing Series on YouTube, subscribe um, and check out some of the material I've got there, do a lot of the similar sorts of things but just in the medium of YouTube. Um, and if you're interested in any uh, any topic um, that you might um, want me to do an episode on, uh, flick us an email, let us know. If I think I know, if I can contribute something to it, then then I'm happy to give it a go. Um, but as I say, thank you for listening today. As always, I wish everybody listening every joy and success in their life. And um, until we're together again, bye for now.